the European Commission has warned against the processing and storage of location data in the use of mobile applications designed to trace the potential spread of the coronavirus. My name's Samuel Stolton. Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief podcast, where we'll be looking into this issue further, as well as giving a lowdown on the week's biggest European tech and news stories in the world of politics and policy. So we start today subsumed yet again amid the issue of the coronavirus outbreak in Europe, and that is the focus of today's digital brief. Um, particularly, we're going to be looking at the toolbox published today by the EU that contains a series of recommendations for the use of mobile applications in contact tracing software. One interesting point that I thought was relevant um, were the warnings with regards to the um, acquisition and processing of location data as part of certain applications. So the text um, that has been approved by member states and the Commission states that location data is not necessary nor recommended for the purpose of contact tracing apps as their goal is not to follow the movement of individuals or to enforce prescriptions. Collecting an individual's movements in the context of contact tracing apps would violate the principle of data minimization and would create major security and privacy issues. Now, of course, this wording reflects almost directly, actually, with the letter um, that was written to the Commission from the chair of the European Data Protection Board earlier this week. more broader recommendations outlined on Thursday as part of the toolbox uh, include certain points such as technology should be voluntary, they shouldn't be any form of a mandatory framework, and they must implement privacy-friendly elements using only anonymized data, which has become a particular point of contention. And there are those in the privacy community that uh, highlight um, how it can be proved that such data will remain anonymized, um, irrespective of whether it is aggregated or not. Um, And also these technologies should be based on the Bluetooth proximity um, elements that have thus far uh, been put into practice across various member states. Moving on to other coronavirus-related news in the context of digital affairs now, and following on from the announcement that Apple and Google are to work together in developing coronavirus contact tracing software, the EU's data protection watchdog, the European Data Protection Supervisor, welcomed the partnership, saying that interoperability between operating systems can be a necessary step towards deploying technology solutions to serve humankind in this time of history. However, Uh, There, of course, have been concerns over the use of other forms of software, um, perhaps that we have become more and more accustomed to um, over the past four to six weeks, Um, focusing particularly here on um, video conferencing software. And earlier this week, Ireland's data protection watchdog announced that it is liaising with other DPAs across Europe on the security of the US video conferencing software Zoom. The Irish Independent reports this week that Ireland's Data Protection Commission, headed of course by Helen Dixon, 
have become concerned following reports of third-party hacking into the Zoom platform. Continuing with coronavirus tech, and Euraktiv's Georgi Gotev writes this week that the Bulgarian authorities have given their blessing to an initiative by local IT developers who have set up a mobile app aimed at creating a real-time link between citizens and health authorities. The developers told Euraktiv they're ready to make the application available for other countries for a mere symbolic one euro price tag. Also in Europe, Polish Quarantine Tech this week. So the Polish government have advertised a new quarantine monitoring solution in the form of a bracelet tracker that offers alerts on people breaching quarantine restrictions as well as SOS calling capacities. Talking a bit more about uh, misinformation and disinformation in the context of coronavirus now. And the news has broken today that Facebook will establish a new system for alerting users who have engaged with misinformation related to the coronavirus, Mark Zuckerberg announced. The move comes after pressure from activists for Facebook to clamp down on the spread of fake news related to the outbreak. Also, the European Union are looking for disruptive solutions to the coronavirus. The Joint European Disruptive Initiative have launched their Billion Molecules Against COVID-19 Grand Challenge. The competition is worth up to €2 million in prices for those who can find technological and scientific solutions in identifying molecules that could aid the fight against COVID-19. Also, staying again with uh, the ways in which coronavirus has impacted our everyday lives, uh, turning to Amazon in France now, and the company was asked by a French court to restrict its deliveries to essential goods only until an assessment of the epidemic risks can be carried out. The court in Nanterre, near Paris, said in its ruling that the company obviously ignored its obligations to the security and health of its workers. Elsewhere, I recently submitted a freedom of information request to the European Commission with regards to a February meeting between the EU's Vice President for Values and Transparency, Vera Jourova, and the UK Information uh, Commissioner, Elizabeth Denham. I was interested in what the two were talking about as part of this meeting, predominantly in the context of Brexit and data transfers. Um, I didn't get that information out of the Freedom of Information request, um, but what I was informed from the documents that I did receive was that uh, Denham briefed Eurova on the UK's objective to be an innovative regulator, and she also highlighted how their Sandbox initiative, which is the UK's bid to support organisations innovating using data protection by design, as a good example of such action. And this kind of parallels with the, the EU's bid to be perhaps more data-friendly, to make more use out of uh, the data generated on the blog. And you can see more details about that on the written version of the digital brief on the Euractive website. We have a bit of policy news for you, sandwiched in between the coronavirus madness now. And in light of the disruptive impact of the ongoing pandemic, the European Commission is assessing the need to delay a series of important actions, including in the field of digital affairs. A draft copy of the executive's working programme seen by Euractive reveals 
the document states that EU officials are looking into the possibility of postponing until 2021 the Digital Services Act, which of course is the Commission's attempt to regulate the online ecosystem, setting new rules for types of content including harmful material and political advertising, potentially disinformation as well, uh, although that may very well appear as part of the Democracy Action Plan, which is still on course to be presented in Q4 2020. More details are on the digital hub of the Euractiv website. Elsewhere, in terms of Digital Services Act news, MEP Alex Aguias Saliba, rapporteur for the Parliament's Internal Market Committee initiative report on the DSA, has announced that he's completed his text and has submitted it for translation. As of Thursday afternoon, the report isn't public yet, but I have been told that it will be available imminently. From one policy area to another now, and funnily enough, we have some copyright news for you. If you recall all the brouhaha that blew up last year, well, Julia Rader, who was one of the most uh, vehement opponents to the copyright directive, has returned to Europe from America. So to celebrate the first birthday of the EU's copyright directive on April 17th, German ex-MEP Julia Rader launched the project Control-C in cooperation with the Society for Civil Rights, Euractiv's Philipp Grull reports. Rader wants to ensure that when Germany turns the directive into national law by June 2021, by the latest, citizens are prepared to defend their basic rights. We have one year left until the upload filters become mandatory, she said in a video message on Monday. And stay tuned for more uh, from Julia Radar as we have an interview coming up with her soon. Returning to the platforms, and there have been some, I suppose, positive moves in terms of the job market and the way uh, we're all uh, purchasing goods online. Recently, Amazon has gone on a hiring spree in the US to cope with the increase in demand as more and more people seek to use internet delivery services Nonetheless, a representative from the company told Euractive that there were currently no such similar plans in Europe forthcoming, but that the company had gone on a recruitment drive in the UK and Germany earlier this year. Also, another company that's recruiting is TikTok's parent, ByteDance. They have gone on a bit of a hiring spree, attempting to recruit for 10,000 new posts, the Financial Times reports. Now, moving swiftly on to 5G now, and a criminal investigation in Ireland has been launched following a suspected arson attack on two telecommunications masts in County Donegal on Sunday evening. Ireland's Commission for Communications Regulation was quick to put an end to rumours that have recently emerged as to a potential link between 5G telecommunications and coronavirus, saying that there is absolutely no truth in the rumours of a link between COVID-19 and 5G. Meanwhile, the president of Cyprus hit out at similar forms of fake news emanating in his own country after a arson attack against a telecoms tower in Cyprus happened earlier this week. Moving on now to news from the Mobile World Congress 
And if you will remember, of course, the Congress was cancelled this year amid the beginnings of the coronavirus outbreak. It normally takes place every year in Barcelona, and GSMA have confirmed that MWC will be held in the city year on year until 2024. On the subject of cybersecurity this week, and Microsoft have announced the expansion of the company's account guard threat notification service to healthcare and human rights groups. The services will be free to help such organisations defend against attacks amid the coronavirus crisis. On the more general subject of disinformation and fake news, the European Council and Parliament should work with the Commission to consider how best to implement a potential legal clampdown on fake news online, the EU's Justice Commissioner Didier Reinders said earlier this week in front of MEPs. Specifically, he said that during the crisis we need to continue to work with the platforms, asking them to remove a lot of messages um, on social media. But then we need to think about a regulation, because we don't have for the moment the capacity to go further than that, Reinders said, and to do more than just a voluntary approach with different actors. Continuing with the subject of disinformation, and Euractiv's Alexandra Zhazowski earlier this week sat down with the head of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, and he had some strong words to say about the issue of disinformation in the context of the coronavirus. He told Alexandra that members of the alliance need to take seriously any attempt to utilise the health crisis to convey false narratives, disinformation and propaganda. On the wider subject of the media and press freedom this week, and Euractiv's Lukas Gazala reports that Poland has been placed on Vice magazine's list of 30 countries that are using the pandemic to repress freedom. The magazine states that the current regime is seeking to force through the presidential election next month despite a ban on campaigning due to the health crisis. And that's all the news from Euractiv's digital hub this week. Thank you very much indeed for tuning in. Stay safe and you'll hear from me again next week.